Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the conversation. We are Symbol Athletica, the brand of the purpose-driven. We stand for people that stand for something. And today we get to have fun and be creative. I get to share a story that's shared to the kids of Krypton to help them understand a foundational belief in their core philosophy. So, yep, I just jumped in just like that. <laughs> it should be fun. Um, as always, we hope that you glean some insight in, in, these, in this conversation, and we hope that you come into this conversation very selfish, very hungry, very greedy, looking for something that you can take and make your own. Welcome to today's conversation, The Dragon That Has Two Dreams. All right, all right. The dragon that has two dreams. Well, once upon a time, it's been said that there was a city called Mosman. And the city of Mosman lived on average stream and it lived at the bottom of a mountain. And the people of the city have always been told that at the top of the mountain lives a dragon, a magical dragon, a dragon whose mystical fire could shape reality, could shape reality for the person that partners with the dragon. But nobody ever climbs the mountain to meet the dragon because of one scary fact. It's also known that the dragon is sleeping. And the dragon is going in and out of dreams. Good dreams, bad dreams. Good dreams, bad dreams. Good dreams, bad dreams. And it's been said that depending upon which dream the dragon is dreaming, when you wake him, determines what happens Next, if the dragon is dreaming a bad dream, he will wake up and destroy you in that moment in his mystic fire. If the dragon is dreaming a good dream, he will become your greatest ally, friend, and guardian and use his mystic fire to forge and shape reality for the design of your greatest dreams. And there is no way to know which dream the dragon is in by sight. So nobody takes the chance of awaken the dragon. On top of that, the, the, the path to the top of the mountain is filled with danger and peril. In fact, few people that have started off to go attempt to wake the dragon didn't make it to the top of the mountain. Many of them turned back because the path was too dangerous or some just got lost and were never heard from again. So because of this, people decided to live their lives in the city of most men and go through a daily life limited by 
the things that they could create them amongst themselves. And then one day, there was a person who was so unsettled, so dissatisfied, so unfulfilled, that they started to think about there must be a way to change things. There must be a way to change their life, their reality. And they talked, and, and this person would talk to the others about, you know, the possibility of going and waking up the dragon. And they would tell them the stories and tell them the dangers and tell them how crazy it was and how that made no sense. First of all, trying to get to the dragon, it's, it's just dangerous in itself. And once you get there, you know, you just have a 50-50 chance of being completely destroyed. And is that worth all of that worth it? And for most people, the answer was no. It was not worth it. Too much unknown, too much uncertainty, and too much certain danger. But on one occasion, somebody being so unfulfilled and so dissatisfied with things started to try to change things themselves. And in their efforts, they were unsuccessful. They would fail. And every time they failed, they would, he would lose some social status. He would be ridiculed by those around him. He would fall back. He would move backwards, if you would. If there was such thing as a social ladder, when every time you failed in the, on, on the stage of, of surrounded by your peers, you seemed to fall back, move back. But this person was so determined, he kept trying, but he kept failing, and then he kept moving backwards, and he kept moving backwards. And then he almost became known as the guy that's always just trying stuff that never works. Always failing. Always failing. But in each and every attempt, the, what they didn't realize is that this person was realizing that he survived the failing. He survived some things that he thought would destroy him in terms of his ability to, to find a way to make it through the day, but somehow he continued to do that. And then he realized that he had to keep trying. He had committed so much to trying. He had talked so much about changing everything. He had talked so much about what he really wanted to do and become and where he wanted to go and what he wanted to turn into and all these things that he had to keep trying against the comfort of others, against the understanding of others. And then finally it got to the point where he had lost so much, he had failed so many times, he had become a little callous to feeling because killing, feeling wasn't, to him it wasn't failing, to him it was attempting and learning from that attempt and adjusting and trying, but it, was, it never redefined who he thought he should be. Everybody else was redefining who they thought he was. It never redefined who he himself thought that he should be, not was, but should become who he should be. That never, that never changed until finally it got to the point where he realized he had nothing to lose. He might as well venture out into the wilderness and make his way up to the mountain because there's no happiness where he is. There could be no happiness where he was. He realized that. He, he realized that no matter what, he could find a way, he could carve a life but it would be something far removed from anything close to what he would call as being happy. So he ventured out of the city and he started to make his climb and he started to go through the perils of climbing the mountain. And it was dangerous and he hurt himself on many occasions and there was 
definitely fearful. There was a lot of unknown and un, unknown things that were out there, but he didn't let fear turn him around. Fear may have made him pause on occasion, but when he thought about what he would be going back to, he was more afraid of that than continuing forward. So he continued forward and he continued forward. And then finally, he made it to the top of the mountain and he saw the cave of the dragon. So he realized that, wow, once he goes in this cave, he's gonna probably wake up the dragon and he just started to hope to himself and, 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 and that the dragon was having a good dream at the moment that he would awaken. And he went to the face of the cave and he stood there. And he stood there and he thought, is there, was there any way possible he could know which dream the dragon was dreaming? And then finally, for a minute, he thought about going back. Because even this, this feat, having come this far, might tip the balance in how he was viewed amongst his peers and amongst the family, amongst the people of the city of Mosman. And then he realized that he would still be short of happy. He would still be less than. He would, the picture would be vastly incomplete. So he stepped into the cave and he moved into the darkness and he kept moving into the darkness. And then finally, he came to a wall at the back of the cave with a shiny, mirror-like, polished piece of rock um, reflecting the cave himself and the cave behind him and the door in which he came in. And above the mirrored wall was the inscription, Alas, the legend is true. There is a mighty dragon, and the dragon is you. And so, in this story, what they're trying to teach the kids of Krypton is that there's an enormous potential and power within us. And it's always, it's, act, it's always going to act in response to our will and intention and all the things that make us us. And true to this story, if what we focus on are the bad dream, because what most people focus on are in the same category of dreams, right? Imaginations, expectations, dreams. There are things that aren't necessarily physical, real physical reality, but there are things that could be real. Those are the things that most people focus on. And if we focus on the bad, those bad dreams, then the dragon, if you will, the result of that power, of our own power, will create things that are against us. In the, you know, dramatic telling of the story, things that are destroying us. And by destroying us, it probably means destroying our better possible self. 
But if we are focused constantly on the good dreams, right, the good possible outcomes, the good possible occurrences, then the same dragon, the same power, the same mystical thing would work on our behalf and help us create, forge, and design the path of our choosing. So this is a story that encapsulates this idea that's been told for thousands and thousands and thousands of years in many different ways. And it sounds so simple to be such a complex and difficult thing for most people to do, which is simply having the courage to build the habit, to build the habit, not to have it born in you, but having the courage to build the habit to focus on the outcomes and things that you want, not the outcomes and things that you don't want. And when people hear that, they think, of course, yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah, 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 I do that all the time. I think positive. But most people don't. They think that they think positive. But you can tell by their language that they do not. I'll give you a quick example. Parent who loves their... Okay, so here's a really uh, simple example that I think most people can relate to that illustrates the complexity involved in actually thinking and expecting and focusing on the positive outcome versus the negative one. So imagine that there's a parent who loves their child to death and the child is running through the house on their way outside. And this is a parent that, you know, believes they think positive, all that good stuff. But what they, the kids running through the house and what they say is, don't slam the door. Very common, right? Not, right? But, but what they really want is for, the ch- for their child to close the door quietly. Two completely different things. When you back up from what that expressed focus was and analyze it to being what they want versus what they do not want. Most people walk through life and countless times a day, even though they feel positive and they believe that they're thinking positive, what they're doing in their own life is the same version of saying over and over and over to themselves, don't close, don't slam the door. When you ask people, you know, what they want to become, very often the triggered response is, that right behind, I don't know. <laughs> but what they, what's easier for them to do and talk about is the things they don't want to be, the things they don't want to become. It's, it's a, this is a much more complicated task than, than most people um, believe it to be, which is why most people never really build that habit. They understand the philosophy. They nod their head like it's a feel-good suggestion. Yes, thinks positive. Yeah, you know, focus on what you want, not what you don't want. But when you listen to their language, you can tell what they focus on. So that gives us insight to a tool I'm going to leave us all with today. Because I'm, as always, I'm talking to myself. 51% of my talk is always to me, right? The most of it is to myself. It's a reminder, right? We're all in the same boat with the same struggles trying to do the same thing in the context of our own lives. But 
I'm reminded, and I'm hoping to either um, encourage you or remind you or give you insight into a tool that you can use, which is listen to your own language. Listen to your own language and listen to the language of those around you. It's very important that you listen to the language of those around you for the reasons that we talked about, what we call in this in our conversations, human thermodynamics. So I believe that podcast was titled, I can't remember the exact title, but it have to do something with ice and fire or burning ice. That's the concept, right? But basically, it's very important for you to understand the, the mindset and perspective of those around you because you are kind of picking up some of those things along the way. You are subtly becoming them as they're becoming you. But a lot of it's not verbal and not intentional. So think of think back, pay attention to the language used by your friends and you will hear them say even the the friends that believe them to be the most positive people in the world will ask themselves negative questions all day long. How can why does this always happen? How come I can't find how come how come I can't find the right? Why always meet the wrong type, the wrong person? What you know, so here's the thing. Pay attention to the questions they asked out loud. And you pay attention to the questions you ask yourself. If you find yourself asking a negative question, man, why did this happen to me? Or, ah, man, how, you know, what if that happens? Just stop in the moment, recalibrate and change it to a positive question. You know, how can I meet, how can I, what can I do to meet the right person? I'm just giving the most common things I hear people say all the time. Why did this happen? As opposed to what else could happen? Now that this happened, what could happen next? It's, you constantly lean into the possible positive outcome. And, you know, this isn't a mystic thing. People, people well, it could be. <laughs> I could, we could talk about that on a different broadcast. But even if you don't buy into the, the, to the, to the, the things that kind of feel mystical and, you know, kind of beyond like physical reality. Let's just keep it very practical. You know, your attention is a funny thing. <laughs> it's, it's limited. And if all you're asking are negative questions and you, you are, those are be the answers that you see first. So you may walk by the answer to six a half a dozen or a dozen super positive questions you could ask yourself that are super meaningful in search of that one answer to the negative question that's not going to even serve you anyway. So even if you want to just keep this conversation as being pure, purely practical, it still serves you to lean into building the habit. And it's a habit. This is a skill. This is not something innate. This is a skill I'm suggesting that you work on and develop, which is constantly focusing and looking for the positive outcome, the silver lining. It's always there. Here's the thing. Even if it's not always there, if you're not always looking for it, you won't see it when it is there. And if you don't see it when it is there, it's the functional equivalent of not being there. Wow. Think about that for a second. So you should lean that way all the time. Because, you know, on those days when it is there and you see it and you take advantage of it being there, everything could change in that moment. You will, that, that is what I believe 
to wrap this conversation up, I believe that in the context of this little Kryptonian story that I shared, the way you know, that, you know now that you know the dragon is you, the way that you know the dragon, when awoken, will be dreaming the good dream is because you train it to dream the good dream. You train it to constantly dream the good dream. And in the context of this creative, fun story and the real creative expression of your own life, that is a powerful way to walk through a life full of potential. My friends, I hope you got something out of that story. I hope you are realizing that there is an element of control, a vast element of enormous power that sits in our ability to realize that and not waste, not waste time and energy and our power, if you will, on things that do not serve us. So my challenge to you as I end this broadcast is to catch yourself when you ask yourself a negative question. And in that moment, ask yourself a few positive ones just to balance that out. Just to retrain the what you think of first. Wait, what you think of first. That will have a direct, you're rewriting the code that drives your expectation. And that's a powerful thing. We might have a, broad, a, a, a conversation just around the expectation. I think we did already. We might have to have another one because it's powerful. But we're talking about now a potential way to rewrite the underlying operating system of your will, if you will, that drives your, your habitual expectation. My friends, if you found something of use in this conversation and you think others might as well, please share it. Let them know that there's an interesting conversation being had here at Symbol Athletica. We bounce around from subject to topic. I'm, we're interviewing experts now. If you haven't tuned into some of those interviews, they are awesome. These are awesome people doing awesome things. That's what this tribe is all about. But let them know that there are Symbol Athleticas here. You just never know when we might just, they might just vibe with the spirit of this tribe. I will see you guys on the next episode.